Welcome to DM Your BF. This is the DM. This is the BF. And we have special guests, Nora. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on our show. This is great. Is, I, I'm sorry, I can't really hear your audio. It sounds a little weird. Is, Do I sound better now? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. That's, that's, that's so much better. Okay, cool. Jane, why don't you start us off? Okay, so this is, um, what, what are we on now? Like our eighth or ninth episode in quarantine? Or no, probably more than that now. But yeah, we've, I've we've, lost track. <laughs> we've transitioned into obviously doing Skype interviews. So you're now our first non-Alberta guest. Well, we have, we've had had like two international guests, but we haven't had like outside of Alberta and still in Canada. So this is pretty cool. Well, so technically first, dusty. But he was, he came to Calgary, but this yeah. is different. <laughs> it's so nice to have him. It's special, really special from Saskatchewan. Are you in Regina right now or where are you? Yes, I am. Oh, oh cool. cool. I haven't been there. I've been to Saskatchewan like 40 times, but I haven't been to Regina yet for some reason. Always Saskatoon. Um, but I've always, I've always been very curious about it. Have you always lived there? Um, no, so I grew up here, like I was born here. I've moved away a few times for school, so I've lived in England and Montreal. But um, when I was at school, I came back here for a job. So my intention isn't to stay here, but it was a good opportunity, so I came back. But in terms of visiting here, we have like three things that are cool, so if you allot one day, you'll be good. <laughs> Just three things, nothing else? We've got the biggest uh, urban park in North America. Oh, wow. We've got a really good restaurant. And we have the longest bridge over the shortest body of water. So three things. The wow. longest bridge over the shortest body. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, wait, did they advertise that or is that just like local news? Oh, no, no. We've held three world records for a long time. So that used to be a big thing. I think we lost the one, though. We just have the longest hallway in the world. The longest hallway? Very exciting. <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> I would actually like to see that hallway. That sounds like really good for like filming and like yes, uh, location um, for scouting. It's in our legislative building. So when you come, you can take a tour and see it. <laughs> yeah. I've been to Regina or actually, no, I've never been to Regina. No, I've been to Saskatchewan like twice in my life. And the first time it was Sask Sask Saskatoon, I believe. I think so. Yeah, and then the other time I can't remember. So unsure. I just what? Why are you so unsure? You should know. It was a long time ago. It was a long. I, I was probably a kid, but I, I, def, I know I definitely went at least twice. Maybe I'm capping it up there. Okay. But yeah. Can you tell me that you have like family from Saskatchewan. That's that is correct, actually. Okay. Don't He doesn't visit them very often, which is very rude of you, BF. No. No. It's it's just a long drive, and I have to like take a. Well, I used to take Greyhound out there. I mean, it's different when you get into Saskatchewan. They have another busing, but yeah, it's just it's a pain in the butt. And now Greyhound shut down, so that's really sad. Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know how I'd get out of there. I mean, I could drive, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a long drive. I like to just, like, get an Uber and just do whatever I want to do, you know? I don't want to drive. <laughs> I actually drive to Calgary every summer, so I don't have a lot of sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> every summer? Oh, is this just to see family or friends? Dane, what is going on? What is <laughs> I'm sorry, <Dane. laughs> I drive to Calgary to get to the mountains every summer. Oh, you in like a hiker or? Yeah, I do backcountry hikes. So I've been all over uh, the Alberta Rockies and the past couple times I've actually gone to Victoria. So no drive. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been trying to get me and Dane. We used to do hiking a little bit here and there. I don't know. It was kind of hiking. I mean, yeah, it was it was like glamping, but like hiking. So liking <laughs> you know just doing johnson canyon whatever is easiest but even then it wasn't even that long because we left so late in the day we're bad hikers but we try and do it as much as possible oh you're so lucky 
Yeah, yeah. Someone brought that up, actually. I was talking to a cousin, and he was like, and he brought it to my attention, like, five years ago, and I was just like, I didn't realize that we were so, like, you just always grown up with the Rockies being right there, and so you just like, it's just a normal part of life, but until I was introduced to someone that doesn't have that, and then they shared their experiences, I just took it for granted, and now I try and make it a point, you know, I try to pick up snowboarding, try and make it out there in the winter, <laughs> and then in the summertime, yeah, try and doing hiking, uh, and yeah, we'll go from there, see where it leads me. I'm excited, <laughs> I'm excited, but you know, then the pandemic happens, so it's kind of sad. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. So how's the pandemic? Speaking of that, how is that affecting you in particular? So I kind of feel badly talking about how it's affected me because I think I'm definitely one of the luckier ones that's had less of an impact. I I still work full time. My job hasn't been affected at all. But music wise, I had an album that was supposed to come out in June and I was finalizing all those details for March when the pandemic hit. So I didn't cancel the album, but I canceled that state. So I'm trying to create a new plan because I can't have a show or like a release party or anything like that. So I have all of the pieces of my album. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to release them so people will hear it right now. Right. Yeah. And you, you've got um, like a live show coming up in the next couple of weeks on the 21st, correct? That's right. Yes. Cool. So- we're really lucky in Saskatchewan. We have something called Sax Music, which is our like provincial, it's like an artist community, and I'm part of Sax Music, so they're doing shows that are sponsored by CDC, and we actually get paid for those live shows, which is really nice. No way, that's really cool. Yeah. Where does it? Where is this? Where are you performing? Or where does it's this happen? On, it's on the Sax Music live Facebook story. Or, yeah, yeah, you go live on their Facebook page. That is really cool. And can anyone just apply to it, or do you have to have, like, music produced, or do you have to have, like, some kind of reputation? So the application was just, are you a Saskatchewan artist, and what is your plan as to what you would do on the feed? And then it went to a judging panel, and we got selected based on whatever we put in our application. Oh, that's really cool. sounds really easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so cool. Wow. So, have you performed for the SAS music? Oh, yeah. So, actually, my most recent performance before the pandemic was for International Women's Day. SAS music had a number of different performances all over the province that were all female performers. So, I got chosen to perform at the one in Regina at the Artesian, which is a really, really beautiful venue if you ever have the chance to come here and check it out. So, it was a great show. I really liked it. Cool. Did you write any material specifically for that, or are you just, you know, talking about your album? Um, for that show, I didn't write any music specific for it, but I, I play all my own songs whenever I do shows, so I played my usual kind of set list and then catered it to a more, like, um, telling the stories behind it that might have some relevance to it being International Women's Day or the females that I had worked with or written songs about. That's cool. Are you, like, a solo artist? Or, like, do you, are you part of a band? Because I know, like, some artists, they, they work, they, they have their own solo project, then they're part of a group, and then others that are like, yeah, then I also collab with my friend. And I'm like, then what, what are you? <laughs> like, it's so confusing, but I guess everyone's, like, so collaborative, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to define. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely define myself as a solo artist. When I perform, yeah. I'm by myself singing with guitar. A couple times, my dad has joined me on the drums for some of my nice. shows. Oh, nice. Yeah, but... Outside of that, I perform alone. That is crazy. So you write your own material, do your perform, like, do your own instruments and your own equipment. Do you master and produce everything as well? No, I was actually very lucky. About uh, probably like a year and a half ago, I met someone at my day job who has, like, a basement production studio and, like, recording booth and everything. So they asked if I wanted to record anything. So that's how I recorded my album. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a really big break. <laughs> yeah, you know, people was, like that. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. So have you produced music prior to this album? Like, on a... Yeah, so I have three singles that I made prior to this album. Um, I worked with Blue Door... Twice, um, yeah, I worked with Blue Door twice, but with two different engineers. And yeah, they're kind of a, a mixture of the genres that I do, and they were leading up to an album one day. 
That's cool. So when you talk about a, a mixture of genres, is that kind of like your forte or do you kind of like stick to a specific one? Oh gosh. So I feel like every artist has this problem of being able to define what genre or what type of music that yeah, they do. That response all the time. Um, but I definitely kind of flip flop. So I have, I'm a classical pianist by training and then I also had vocal jazz training. So all of my stuff has a little bit of a jazz flair to it, but I'm also from Saskatchewan and can't help sounding like Dolly Parton 50% of the time. I also have country music. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Were you, did you take a, were you like for the classical pianist, are you like trained? Like to, did you do tutoring, I guess? Or was that just like all on your own? Oh, no, I was trained. So I got put in piano lessons when I was three. And then when I was 17, I did my grade nine practical piano exam. And I had like a really intense nun that taught me piano. So it was like the, the full shebang. Wow, that, that is a stereotypical experience right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Do you do you look back on those memories fondly? I know some people that, uh, like I had a friend who did piano since, yeah, he was like five or six, and they were like the most miserable times of his life. Every time he was like, I have to go home and do piano for two hours. I'm like, that doesn't sound so bad. He's like, you have no idea. And he's right. I, I honestly don't. I tried learning piano, but like it was on my own time, and that's probably why I didn't commit to it, but... But how is that different from, like, your experiences, like, learning? So I have the benefit of hindsight now as an adult. When I was young, I fought with my parents a lot about doing piano and practicing as much as I should. I fought with them a lot. So probably when I was, like, 15, they told me that was enough. They were tired of fighting with me, and they said I was going to stop lessons. And it was in that moment that I realized how important it was to me. So I said, no, I don't want to quit. I'll practice. And then they started making me pay for the lessons. Oh, no. Yeah, so I ended up really appreciating it, especially now, because I write on guitar and I sing, so I have a lot of those fundamentals. However, I did it through the Royal uh, Canadian Royal Conservatory of Music, which is really competitive and intense. So I think just the atmosphere didn't really suit my personality. I really loved learning piano, but I didn't want to have to compete against other kids my age playing piano. Wow, that's crazy. Going forward, I I feel like, you know, when you talk about classical pianists, uh, like just in general on Team Your BF, we we haven't seen many classical artists. I feel like nowadays any up-and-coming artist is usually hip-hop first and then maybe rock second or EDM closely following. Do you feel like in, the, in your musical field that you're kind of like on the outskirts, like it's kind of niche? Or do you feel like maybe the classical pianists, they're, they're up and coming or they're their own thing, you know? That's a really difficult question. I think in Saskatchewan, I probably have a very different interpretation of what's like up and coming or trendy. We have a lot of like folk and country. That's what we do. Yeah. If there are EDM or hip hop people, they're the people that struggle a lot more to get shows and get opportunities. Really? So I very well into the atmosphere of Saskatchewan, but should I go elsewhere? That probably may not be the case. I don't know. Huh. That is so interesting. Is it just because I guess everyone's taste is more country and folk? Because I think so. We just have the audience. Yeah. Huh. But you definitely still see them. I guess they're just not as popular because I feel like that's the opposite here. Like everywhere I look, there's like groups around hip hop, maybe not so much rock. And it's, it's just interesting. Just all the people we've talked to and all their clubs that they're part of and their friend groups. It's like, there are a lot of underground artists, which is great. You know, we love talking to them and that's why we have, you know, Demir BF to celebrate them. But it's, but then we quickly realize like how skewed it is towards one genre specifically and a lot of people say that you know they don't just dabble in hip-hop it's some hip-hop and something else but i would still classify that you know if hip-hop is part of everything you do then it's you're probably a hip-hop artist <laughs> at the core of it oh. so, yeah <laughs> Dan, what's your experience yeah. oh sorry <laughs> um in terms of hip-hop like I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of the different artists, at least in Regina, and only one hip-hop group like comes to mind for me that I can even like say I know a lot of folk artists. <laughs> That's cool. Have you ever been to Folk Fest? In- oh yeah, I've been to Folk. I actually volunteered this year. Oh really? Did you perform, or, or are you just like on the? 
I was too late to apply for the performances, so instead I volunteered and I got to drive around the artist in a big uh, moving van. No way. <laughs> the stories you must hear. Oh, that's great for making connections too, and just like talking about music, especially if you're passionate about that. What a <laughs> oh, I lagged out. Some connection issues there. I lagged out. You okay? Me? No, no, I'm not. I went on like this whole tangent. I was just talking, and like half through, I realized that I'm just I'm gone. <laughs> Happens to me all the time. Anyways, Dane, uh, I'll leave it up to you now. Yeah, you were going. You were asking me like, what's my experience with what I see is like what's popular in Canada. Yeah. Right now? Well, I think like Saskatchewan for sure. Like I've been to this, um, Saskatoon during the is it the Jazz and Folk Festival in Saskatoon. Mm -hmm like right on the river and I every summer that I'm there or when I am there in the summer um it's always going and it's just like they get such a collection of great folk artists and pretty notable names too stop through in Saskatchewan like I think Dallas Green was there from City in Color the summer I was there a few years ago and it just seems like yeah Saskatchewan really embraces their like blues folk jazz artists more than Alberta I think Alberta's mm -hmm. like a little bit more towards I don't know. It's hard to describe Alberta's music scene. It's very scattered, but I think Saskatchewan is definitely, it's, there's like a stronger like community embrace of like their local artists, especially in the genres we just mentioned that, that you play in. So I think that's, that's wonderful. I think it's, mm -hmm. you need to be around like a community that's very um, supportive and, and has like a platform for you. I think like Calgary, we have a decent folk scene. Like we do have the folk festival. Yeah. I think that's more Edmonton's thing is maybe more folk centric. And then Calgary's like a weird mix of like country, hip hop, rock, electronic. It's, it's very different, I think, city to city. But I, I am, I am really into the folk scene. And so that's, I've always felt like Saskatchewan's a little bit more interesting with like the variety of uh, festivals you guys get. That's really interesting. But, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry I interrupted. This like connection is like the half second delay is so hard to know like, <laughs> when you're gonna talk. You like, never know when the other person can talk. I'm so sorry. You go ahead. You go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying that we're really lucky. Like I feel very yeah. fortunate to a strong artist community, especially with Stacks Music. They have lots of like free webinars and they have this, this mentorship program, so I can set up events with people in the industry to mentor me on. Like when I was getting ready for this album, what do I put on the album back of it? What are the things that I, people forget? So we have a lot of support. And something else I'm very appreciative of is they do co-write sessions. So it'll be like people in your genre are going here. If you want to write with them and connect with people in your, your genre, then you have that opportunity. Wow, that is really cool. That's really supportive as like an artist. Yeah, that's really, mm -hmm. that must be really nice. I know some people that, you know, that, they don't really have access or maybe they're not looking and so they're i feel like they're kind of like doing it on their own and uh, their intentions i don't know what their intentions are exactly but uh, we have a lot of artists that kind of generally just like want to blow up and want to get famous already and and it's really interesting seeing this dynamic because you have this like supportive uh this community on one hand and then you have artists that are part of uh, another a different collective a more intimate collective and then you have artists on the other scale that are trying to like do it independently so it's always it's always interesting talking to artists like yourself because you know you bring another perspective and you know as interviewers or running the show it's just it's so fascinating because i i mean dane has a little bit of musical experience he uh, a little bit, a little bit. yeah maybe like half an ep demo yeah. yeah demo ep maybe. early days the early days right now. early days yeah <laughs> well i mean you released it how long oh no did i lag am i no lagging? you're good we, we, I think we hear you oh don't worry about it. We'll let you know if you're late. What's going on? I think now you're late. Like a Zoom meeting gone wrong. What's going on? Why is he just staring at us? I don't know. <laughs> Can you hear us? Or no? no. What's going on? This is okay. so... I'm so confused. <laughs> oh okay 
So, Dan, why don't you let us uh, talk about talk about your experiences in, as an artist, you know, up and coming in Calgary. Do you think it's do you think it's hard? Do you think it's easy? Do you have a community to support you? Like, are your is your family against it? Oh, <laughs> um, no, like, I mean, I, I haven't really like produced anything yet. So that's I'm a totally different and totally different discussion from Menorah. Like I've like still just demo producing, just like trying to get some traction, get some people to maybe collaborate with me. But like, um, yeah, I think Calgary's decent enough that, you know, you, you can always probably, you know, generate some buzz performing at some clubs. Like I've been to a lot of different live music venues and there's such a range of musicians that are on stages in Calgary. So I feel comfortable that Calgary would be supportive of most people that are like dabbling into maybe the, the genres that aren't like the mainstream. But yeah, I don't know. Calgary does feel like we kind of lack like musical, like the musical community is not as maybe close to the average citizen. Like it's kind of removed. Like it's very business focused, the city. It's not like a Montreal yeah. or like Saskatoon or Regina or Winnipeg. So I feel like, yeah, there's, probably easier places to get platforms than Calgary so in my opinion just because it's it's not exactly the most musical city but I mean you can still there's still so many great artists here so that's the thing right just yeah. it's just different every city's so different like Vancouver is like completely different and so yeah it's it's pretty interesting but um speaking of which you have a pretty interesting story that uh i was going to bring up a little bit earlier but this is perfect time for it but um so you were miss world canada in 2014 six years ago and so i'm really interested just to hear about all these experiences and like how that whole thing was that's amazing so i knew that pageants usually had talent competitions so with that in mind i started researching pageants that I had access to that I might be able to get some exposure musically because of the talent competition. There's lots of different options in Canada, but I chose Miss World Canada because the Miss World pageant is the most prestigious pageant in the world, and it also has something called the Leading with a Purpose Project. So rather than focusing on looking for the next like top model, they look for... Um, women who volunteer in their community and give back at some event with a purpose project. So that's why I chose Miss World, and I worked really hard to do well at the pageant with absolutely no expectation that I would win. So if you look at the pictures of when I won, like, I am totally shocked. I did not expect that at all. So I won, and I had to take a year off school because it's quite an intensive year representing your country, and I was I got to travel overseas to compete at the Miss World pageant, which has over like 120 different women from different countries compete. And when I was there, I actually did get some musical exposure, which was great. I placed really well in the talent competition, and I also got to sit in at the finale show, which is aired to like 2 million people. It's like more viewers than the Olympics. So it was really cool. That is a huge... Did you... So were you signed up for this? Were you, or was this like, did you, how did this come to be? Like, was your mom like, oh, you should do this? Or were you like, I really want to do this? Like, how does this even enter your scope of, you know, what you want to do? So I'm the type of person who like, if I hear something that I think is cool, I'm just going to do it. And I don't super care what my family or friends think. So my family and friends were like, this is ridiculous. Maybe you should do this, which made me want to do it even more. <laughs> Dang, and then after you win, you'll be like, ha, look at this. Yeah, it was you. unexpected. And I had friends come up to me and be like, you're the last person I would expect to be Miss Canada. Like, growing up, I was a tomboy camping and just, like, not being the girl that was sparks. Wow, that's crazy. Do you think, has that had any impact on your uh, development as a musician in any way? Did you, like, get contracting deals out of this or anything? Um, no, so I didn't get um, contracting deals for my music or anything, but I think as a performer, it helped me immensely because I had to get comfortable with being on stage in a very vulnerable position. Like, yeah. There's a bathing suit competition. If you're uncomfortable, people are going to know. 
So I got really good at stage presence, and I think I also um, got better at speaking in front of people and even um, like interacting with people. So as Miss Canada, I would tend attend a lot of events as a guest speaker or a special guest. And people want to talk to you at the end of that event, and they're excited and interested in your story. So I think I grew a lot of skills in just interacting with people, like on an off-stage basis, which translates really well to shows. When I'm done my performance and people want to chat and hang out. Wow, that's incredible. Were you nervous at all? Like, you want to talk about that? or? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, um, I was nervous, I guess. But when it comes to showtime, like, I was just so excited. I worked so hard to be there. It was a really memorable experience. And I actually remember for the evening gown competition, I was next up. So I was backstage nervous. And I remember reminding myself, like, this is never going to happen again. This is the coolest <laughs> thing you've ever done. So just enjoy your next, like, 40 seconds on stage. So I had a great time. That's so encouraging. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> incredible. Do you still feel that way when you have to perform even, like, local live shows or – anything at all or are like everything's blown out of the water because of that ex one experience i feel kind of bad saying this but i really don't get nervous anymore like i've yeah. done shows small shows i enjoy them all the time and even when you make a mistake like people are just there to support you they're not going to be angry at you there was once i forgot words to the national anthem at an event that i was singing at and, you know, I just put down the microphone, audience was singing, and I picked it back up, and no one cared, and everyone was encouraging after. So it's always going to work out. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> Ooh, when everyone's looking at you, too. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. I've been in a couple of those situations, but probably not to the extent that you have when I've had, like, 30 eyes on me, and everyone's just, like, waiting for you to do something. I was doing, I was working a show, actually. It was uh, for Mount Royal University. And there's, Dan, were you there for Scene Queen? Uh, I think maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was just, it was one of the shows and we had like a six piece band and I was trying, I was a technical oh. director and I was trying to organize the audio and it just wasn't working because I needed monitors for feedback. And I had to figure out, I had to sort this new system that I was introduced to 20 minutes ago and figure it all out. And we were all already over time and everyone's just like, I don't know. You figure it out. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was, like, sweating bullets. My face was, like, so red. And you're under, like, these spotlights, right? There's, like, ten of them just, like, blasting down. And you're, like, trying to figure things out. And it's, it makes things even hotter. Oh. But, you know, I, I learned a lot from that. Like, I, I assume you have, too. And, you know, it taught me a lot in, like, dealing with pressure, being under this stress, and, you know, communicating with people and, you know, organizing. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're you're going to you're going to figure it out. Right. Unless you don't. But then that's just unfortunate. But I mean, it worked out for me. So, yeah. And even when that's I also think people. Sorry. Oh, no, you go. You go. I also think people are really empathetic. So, like, there have been times when my mic hasn't worked or stuff happens and I like crack a joke about things not going to plan. The audience laughs and everyone rolls with it. So everyone gets that mistakes or hiccups happen. Yeah, that's literally any time I have to do a shoot or something, I, there's always some technical difficulty. <laughs> Hands down, even though I plan for it and I have all the equipment and I double check, something always goes wrong, just without a doubt. And it's so frustrating, but I mean, it teaches you a lot because you have to think on the fly right then and there. And it's, you know, I think when it comes to other areas of my life, just being able to like work under that pressure or you know, because you have a job to do at the end of the day, <laughs> like just being able to work underneath that just helps so much because the more I do things, the more it pops up, right? Just like if you perform more, then the more technical difficulties are going to go wrong. But it's it's funny. It's always funny. I never expect it, and it, but I know it's going to happen, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, I'm pretty sure you can speak to some of those experiences. You've been there. Oh, yeah. We've all been there, just like, it's just part of it. You just have to go yeah. through and learn from it. Like you even see like, like the best, the best musicians that have been performing for like 30 years, they still have the same technical glitches, like oh. every sponsor. So yeah, like Adele embrace that one yeah. time she was singing yeah. in front of that concert and then her mic died, but then mm -hmm. she like kept singing and then the whole crowd sang together and it was just like, so I've never seen her in concert. I'm, She's, she's, she's a really good singer, but I don't really follow her, but, like, that, like, made news, so it was, like, everywhere at the time, and I'm just, like, that's incredible. Like, even just watching it, I was, like, 
getting some serious feels. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's like some Freddie Mercury, like crowd involvement. And it was completely by accident. So it's like amazing when you turn like a bad situation into like a good situation. And I guess as an artist, not only do you have to be good at, you know, singing and whatever else you do it, it as a band or you're, even as a solo artist, but you also have to like improvise and, you know, think on the fly <laughs> and work, make it to your benefit, which is blows my mind so much going on and in front of everyone too crazy <laughs> my perspective is that i think mistakes make the room for magic to happen so when it comes to like jazz performances you don't know necessarily the ad lib that you're going to be singing you just rip it out and sometimes it'll be great sometimes it won't be but one good example from a single of mine mercy there's a spot near the end where during the recording, I screwed up the guitar. I played some, I palm muted by accident, and it was great. And it so happened that my drummer also messed up, and there was just nothing for like a full beat, which is one of my favorite parts of the song. That was like this pivotal silent moment. So yeah. mistakes make that. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's really cool. Do you have any other <laughs> stories where they kind of translate um, like into your music? Like I know we were talking to this band, The Static Shift, who has recently been kind of blowing up and they were talking about how they, their mistakes that they intentionally left in on the album because they thought it was funny or they thought it was cool. And then I would go back and I listen on Spotify and I'm like, wow, this, they were just talking about this, but it's cool because, you know, we have that inside knowledge, but I don't think like, unless you heard that or unless they publicly disclosed that, maybe they have, I haven't watched every single interview, but um, it's just interesting. And it's like, it's like a behind the scenes kind of look into their music. Yeah, that's something I really struggle with is like recording this album. I wanted everything to be perfect. Yeah. And the producer I was working with had to really like rein me in to not make everything perfect all the time because he kept saying, the more perfect you get, the more robotic you sound. So we're going to have to leave some of those mistakes in there, which was hard for me to do, but I think it worked out. Yeah. yeah. Are you a perfectionist when it comes to music? Oh, God, 100%. I'm a perfectionist at everything. Ooh. <laughs> yeah when it comes to my own because i i do i try to do film cinematography and everything like that i have to get like everything right and like i said before something always goes wrong well not just one thing usually a whole host of things but it's a good day when only like a couple things go wrong so because that's out of my control i'm, I'm just like i have to get it right because i'm not gonna do this again and i and it just looks better and it just it, it's more seamless but nothing ever goes according to plan so i really try and you know be this perfectionist but at the end of the day like like you said there's this point in time where you just have to let go just you know like own up to this mistake try and fit it in somehow and just just move on with your life because otherwise i just fixate on it for the next however many years even though it's not a big deal but i feel like as artists it's you you see your own mistakes and they're like so glaring they just like stare you in the face and you're like oh my gosh everyone can see you <laughs> um, from a cultural standpoint, too, so I, um, I forget where I read this, but it was talking about different age groups and different types of media they grew up with. And I'm of the age group that grew up with Instagram. So the Instagram aesthetic is really, like, perfect and clean lines and always a perfection type of aesthetic. Whereas people younger than me now are coming up with TikTok, which is, like, the messiest, most hilarious platform ever. So just how generationally there's, like, a different approach yeah. to art and perfection perfectionism is becoming less and less of a thing thankfully oh huh. that's interesting i never yeah yeah sorry dan you go oh no uh, that was just really interesting yeah i never really thought about that but yeah that is true and you can definitely see that like um for sure like the 80s to the 90s were, were like a huge shift from like this like not every artist in the 80s tried to sound the same but like the the main movement at the time was definitely like this polish very um just like just like high quality production and then the 90s was like reversal to like lo-fi and grunge and do-it-yourself sort of um indie stuff really took off yeah. so maybe we're at that point again where it was like the 2010s i mean there's it's like so hard to say like a decade what it was like because there's just so much going on but maybe the 2020s are like a new era i think for just media and culture and music i think you can definitely feel that and with the pandemic, maybe it's going to be the DIY decade. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The DIY. So I was thinking, like, it'll be like a like a whole era of just like maybe solo recorded music because 
unless you have like some studio to work in with someone that you trust is like not being around a lot of other people like we had one band like that they're still meeting at like a studio because they basically agreed with each other like okay this is like our bubble right like our two household bubble or whatever so mm -hmm. unless you have that but other than that i'm thinking yeah like so many artists could go months without like a proper studio recording session or like meeting their bandmates even or you know it's i, I don't know how how similar it would be playing remotely and then like sharing the music through like a drive or something or or like recording separately and then uploading it to whatever recording software so i don't know how that'll change like the band dynamic for a lot of people but how, how do you think it'll change for you like you usually go in with like other like how many people do you surround yourself with in the studio is it just your producer yeah it's just me and the producer so i just basically do everything on my own until i get into the booth um but even now like literally yesterday i was researching what type of equipment i would need if i wanted to start recording my own stuff at home because i'm gonna need to figure out something somehow it'll take some time yeah 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 that's funny you mentioned that because i was literally doing that exact same thing because <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to start getting into producing music um i don't know it seems very difficult yeah, just to start off, like even using the software, uh, let alone musical theory. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, I have all the time in the world, so I don't really have an excuse. But at the same time, it's just like when you see it for the first time, like with anything, it's just like there's a lot of information because people have spent their like entire lives to like a single section and everyone like collectively offers their take on it. And then we get to now where we are now. And it's just like, whoa, mm -hmm. that's a lot. <laughs> but it's really cool. Yeah. 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 Pro Tools is like the scariest piece of software I've ever seen. And like I work online for my day job and Pro Tools is scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of me when I was learning Excel. I was just like, oh my gosh, there's just so much you can do. It's literally like you can do everything. You can do everything. And I love Excel so much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really handy program and people swear by it and they're like, listen, you don't even need to like go to school, just be like a master at Excel and they're like, you'll get an office job that pays well. Like, And even like your job, you can convert it to be doing Excel tasks and they're like, it'll reduce your work percent by like 90. Like it's crazy. And I'm just like... I'm like, okay, I'm down. Like, I'll, I'll learn it. And then I just, like, see, like, a couple tutorials, like, the basic. And I'm just like, holy. <laughs> this, this, is, this goes hard. Maybe I'll stick to producing. And then I look at producing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's pick another thing. <laughs> but I'm giving up too soon. I'm giving up too soon. I shouldn't. But, yeah, it's just intimidating at first. Yeah. But that's okay. just my experience. Everything is, though, when you think about it. Like, everything's intimidating. Yeah. Like, try it. Really? University was intimidating yeah. at first. You're like, I have to do four years of this. You're like, oh my gosh, now you're done. And it's just like, wow, that was that was pretty bad, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> I did seven. Can't talk. <laughs> oh, wow. Master's degree or? Yeah, yeah, I have a master's in psych. Oh, wow. Work. That is, yeah. What was that like? If you could summarize your, oh. your education in, like, one word. Uh, summarize my education in one word? Yeah. Valuable. Valuable. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> oh. Dane, how would you summarize your education? Um, well, I'm still, I'm still in the process. I haven't graduated yet. You can't ask me that. <laughs> I won't for you. <laughs> okay, up till now. I mean, you got the majority done, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. IDK, that's the word. That's three <laughs> words. Come on, man, you're breaking the rules. <laughs> Rule breaker, that's one word, I think. Hyphenated, maybe. <laughs> good, good. I'll say good. Good. <laughs> it's it's been all over the place, but it's been, it's been worth it. What are you studying? Um, so, Brent and I, we were in um, broadcast media studies. We kind of a focus on film yeah. and TV production, podcasts, radio, so it's been really cool. It's been really cool, but just like this whole semester has just been weird like you know halfway through the semester we have to go online and um can't complete our final projects our graduation projects that we've been looking forward to for years and yeah 
kind of such a hands-on program like producing film and, and content so to, ha- to not be able to do it felt like a big loss but yeah, it's the same for everyone right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean going yeah. Anyways, uh, going into the program, yeah, I guess I guess it was similar because it was super overwhelming. Like when you learn that you know their people's entire jobs is just to do like lighting, like that's that's their whole like existence. Like that's what brings them like the bread home. And you're just like I don't understand. And then you go into it and you actually like learn, and it's just so it's like this one little aspect. It's just like so critical. Just lighting. Like you're not even talking about you're not even talking about composure. You're not talking about you know cinematography. You're not talking about sound design. And then there's foley, and it's just it's all these pieces come together. It's definitely brought me like a, a greater appreciation for movies. You know these grand scale productions, especially like you know million dollar, billion dollar blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the amount of like cooperation needed to bring this together is absolutely insane. And I mean, in some ways like I've the more I've been getting into music and the more I've been talking to artists about more music, it's the more I've kind of delved into it. And as I mentioned before, uh, I didn't realize like how much a producer has or like what their influence is on the style of music. And I remember reading some comments that were like, Oh, you know, if you like an artist, but you don't really like, like the artist, you know, like you like a couple songs by them, check if they're made by the same producer. And then, you know, kind of scout out that producer's work. And it's oftentimes very similar and it's kind of distinctive. And then I, I did that and then it it like opened up this segue into like how complex art is well just specifically music and I'm just like blown away because everything is just like there's like layers to every single thing oh it's crazy it's crazy but I mean like at the end of the day like it's so cool because it's such a collaborative medium you know and it's and it's a way to express yourself and it's when you have so many people coming together to express themselves in the same way and it just like cohesively works it's like that that blows my mind every single time and that's like every great song that every song that you like you know it just all came together which is (laughs) maybe i'm fascinated by like the smallest things i don't know (laughs) but it's just it's crazy to me yeah speaking of which anora that makes me interested in knowing like who are your five most influential artists on you as a musician or like five current artists that are really big influences for you right now so my like number one love is lights she's a canadian like alternative pop artist yeah so so i love her deeply and every time an album comes out i freak out so she is always going to be on my list (laughs) um but also with that jazz background, like Ella Fitzgerald is big for me. A more recent one is Maggie Rogers. She has a really interesting style of like, folk with a little bit of EDM background to it. She's really cool if you check her out. And then lately, I've been listening to a lot of Fred, Fred, uh, Frank Sinatra and doing some covers of his stuff. I have like a, a weird blend of influences. <laughs> that's all that's so crazy do they do they all like come do you like take bits and pieces of them or like what is the influence you see like is it in the lyrics is it in the overall tone is it in the style maybe composition the number one thing that i look at or want when i listen to music is a story i want to feel like i've learned something seen something or experienced something after I listen to a song. So I think those artists are all very, very good at storytelling, but in their own way. So maybe it's a really interesting lyric that makes me think about something, or it's a, like a tone to their voice that makes me have like a physical reaction to whatever the story is, that they're, like an emotion. So that's probably the number one thing that I look for in influential artists for me. Yeah, that's honestly me too. Like, I don't get me wrong, like I love a, I love like just a, dirty like club banger just it's (laughs) so good like it's you like so pumped especially for working out but at the end of the day i think if i had to choose it would definitely be like story based because i feel like uh i remember like as a little kid um i discovered like eminem's uh, mockingbird song it was like one of the first rap songs i've ever listened to and at the time like i think i was like six years old or something like seven (laughs) i don't know i was super young um at the time i didn't understand what he was saying like i a six-year-old 
can't possibly understand. Maybe they can. Maybe some geniuses. But I wasn't genius. So <laughs> to, I digress. So basically, but I understood like the song and like he was. T- I understood he was telling a story and like the overall beat and the overall message was sad. And it like it impacted me because I've never heard a song like that before, especially in the format of hip hop. So going forward, I it was like I guess it, it had this it had this huge impact on me. And now I feel like whenever I look at a song, I the first thing I look at it's like kind of like the story. And I and I look back at some of my favorite songs, and they all all have like like my top favorite favorite songs. They all have a story element to them because I feel like you know storytelling is such a cultural thing like we as humans like storytelling we're like orators and like through and through like if you can tell a good story then you have an audience and you know you're a celebrity at that point depending if you can sell yourself and if things are right and and everyone's famous for that in some form or fashion you know whether you're a painter you know sculpture you know or you're a ceo like you're telling your story through your image or through your brand it's just really interesting to think about I I i just felt like sharing (laughs) <laughs> it feels like a safe space <laughs> no i very much agree with that and when you like if you do happen to have that platform i think it's people's responsibility to tell stories in like a conscious way and not just carbon copy stuff that'll be interesting for a second yeah yeah what's your opinion on that dane do you think storytelling is important or do you believe in only like club bangers just like have a dirty beat and just go to town <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I prefer storytelling for sure. I mean, you, you, there's some catchy songs that you know, yeah, they're, they're cool. But I'm I'm more of an, into definitely storytelling. Just um, yeah, like I don't know, a mix of both, I guess. And if you can find like that sweet spot in the middle, that's pretty. Oh cool. yeah. But that yeah. mm-hmm. doesn't happen too often. But I mean, it does happen. It does happen. Yeah. Like. Can you uh, name an iconic song? Like right. Like a recent, a recent one or an old one? Because there's there's a lot. It's like one that means a lot to you. Oh well, that's a tough question. Right now, right now I'm really into. Well, I've, I've been into them for many years, but Depeche Mode, um, Radiohead, of course. Um, mm. Have you heard of Sebastian uh, Sebastian Tellier? Sebastian Tellier, I think. It's no. really cool. I just found out about him like two days ago. He's from like that French um, sort of like 2000s era, like uh, Daft Punk air. Oh. Um, like that, like, yeah, that same scene. Really, really good artist. But I don't know. Like I have my favorites and just like a circulation of just, like new favorites. And then like I, I kind of stop listening to an artist for like a little bit. Then I love them again. And then I, I don't know. It's interesting. It's just like all about your emotion and where you're at in your life and what resonates with you so it's just like a just like a revolving wheel of just inspiration so it's pretty cool and it's always growing yeah but um as far as like definitely like you can hear like um maybe like Billie eilish she finds that kind of sweet spot right like that like storytelling with but it is a club banger at the same time like these are like massive hits but she is able to tell an interesting story in them so she's she's like a recent um example of that like good like in between but um yeah how about you what what, what do you think me yeah oh uh yeah i agree with Billie eilish like i don't know when she first was on my radar i was just like oh no she's probably just like another like teeny bopper that just like blew up (laughs) and then she like started and then i started paying attention to her and everyone's like freaking out about her and then she won the grammys and I think that was like, I've listened to Bad Guy on the radio and a couple other songs. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Then I decided to like, uh, watch her music videos. And I was like, that is really interesting. And then I actually listened to her whole album. I was like, wow, I did not give her, like, I didn't give her a chance just because, I don't know. I was just like, I didn't expect that of her. And then, like, I can definitely see where she's coming from now. And it's, I agree with you. Like, it's, it's super interesting. And her style is, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's really interesting yeah and it's her brother produced it and they they were just doing it in their bedroom like they were ready for quarantine before you know we were (laughs) which is just which is just crazy you know like if they can do it you know what's your excuse and so that's why i'm trying to get into it now but as far as storytelling goes yeah i can definitely think of a couple uh i've been obsessed with uh logic uh, as of recently his young sinatra album 
talking about Sinatra again. <laughs> Not the same thing, but it's yeah, it's cool, similar enough. But yeah, his he has the song called Legacy on it, and I and I that's probably my most listened to song. Like I know the album's like a year old at this point, but it's just ah, just the message and it just drives me crazy. And I I listen to it like at least once a day. I probably have a problem, but like when a song is just that good and it just like speaks to you on like that level, like I feel like you can never get enough of it until you do, and then it's forever ruined until like a month later, and then you put it on again and ruin it for yourself again. But that's just that's just an anecdote. That's so. why I think you have to like kind of take a break from your favorites, yeah. but like like you don't like stop loving them. You just kind of put on pause for a little bit, listen to new stuff, come back to them. I think that's important. Just like constantly listen to new music, but you'll always have your favorites. And I think that's really important to have like some like core songs that really push you and influence you. I think everyone does. Yeah. And how about you, Inora? What, like what songs do you think are just like, or what, well, you already mentioned your favorite bands, but like which songs are just like always on repeat. You always find yourself back to coming back to it. Well, that's hard, because I, like, listen to Lights religiously, and she has one song that is probably my all-time favorite song called Muscle Memory. It's from her Little Machines album, and it's a a storytelling song, so it's about uh, her and her husband being apart because they're both musicians and working away from each other, so having, like, the muscle memory of being with your partner. So that's one that I, I think will probably always be one of my top few. But one that I'm listening to a lot lately Makes me feel kind of bad. But have you heard of Sophie Tucker? Oh yeah. my gosh, yes. I just recently yeah. got into her. She's I, I, Yeah. <laughs> well, the song Purple Hat is awesome. Oh. And it's just oh. a new musical so. with a subwoofer. So I just cruise around blasting it. Dude, I, that's so funny you mentioned that because I think it was like a week ago. It was just in my Spotify, like, we think you'll like this. And I was just like, Sophie Tucker was like, isn't she that girl that does, like, all the Apple music commercials? I was like, oh, whatever. Okay, I listened to it. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is like a game changer. It's such a weird song, but it just blows my mind. And I listened to it, like, nonstop for, like, an entire day until I got sick of it. And now I still listen to it, but <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> like, but it's so good at the same time. It's great. They're actually a duo. It's a guy and a girl. And the girls are amazing. And I highly recommend you watch a video of them performing live. You won't regret it. Really? Yeah. It's a performance. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I keep doing that. My bad. (laughs) They were in Calgary, like, in late October. I I would have seen them, but I had school. I had too much stuff. I, I went to a concert, like, the week before. I just, I don't think I, I didn't have the money and I didn't have the time, but I did want to see Sophie Tucker, um, the track Brazil. I think it's just Brazil. Really good. It's like a remix or it's, it's collaborating with another artist on it, but it's just about her love and affinity for Brazil, which is really, it's really quite beautiful and uh, great video. It's kind of uh, bossa nova sounding. It's really, it's really cool. I can't remember the title. I think it is just Brazil. I'll just verify here. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Brazilian. Oh, it's a featured artist on another song. So it's the Knox Brazilian Soul featuring Sophie Tucker. That's a, that's a great song. Oh, but, yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Check yeah. It out. Great video. Yeah. So yeah. I I just wanted to ask Enora, like when it comes to when it comes to your emotions and your music, how how does that translate? Do you have do you feel like you have to get inspired to do music, or do you kind of force yourself? Like even if you're not feeling so. I guess inspired. It it uh, it ebbs and flows. So like for quarantine, for example, the first month I wrote like six songs in four weeks, which is not characteristic because wow. I don't know. Is it feeling inspired or have the emotions, whatever it may be? When I am upset about something, like my go-to is my guitar, and nearly all of my songs are about an event or an emotion or something that I've experienced. And there's some that I won't tell people what they're about because they are so close to home. So in a lot of ways, I think of my songs as my journal, whether or not other people understand what I'm writing. That's how I do it. So do you ever force yourself to write? Be like, I just have to produce this album. Like, I just got to get another song out, you know? No, I've never felt that way. And I've also been writing for so long that if I ever do feel pressure, I have like stacks of notebooks of songs that I can go to and tweak and create something. That, 
crazy. So you're always prepared. If you ever need like just inspiration or just like you just want to visit just a piece to steal like little bits and bites to add on to your Oh feet. yeah. Huh. Yeah. I have yeah, so much stuff to pull from. I'm even like when I've had time on my hands, I've gone back and put two songs together because they weren't good separately, but for whatever reason they work together with the words or the melody, whatever it is. Wow. And does, does this come, like, easy to you? Like, do you feel like music has always been, like, a part of your life? Like, it just, it's natural? Or do you ever feel like you've had to, like, really work at it to get where you are right now? Music has never not been part of my life. So I've been taking piano lessons since I was three. Like, I have yeah. no memory of not being able to make music in some way. And I also come from a very musical family. So my dad's a drummer. My mom is a wedding singer. My brother is a drummer in a rock band. And my other brother is this piano project. Oh, God. Yeah. He's amazing. I just always had it at my disposal. And to not have it would be totally fine. Yeah. It's like you were made for this. Like you, you, you talk about like people and their families, and they're like, "Well, my my father was a doctor, you know, my mom's a doctor, so obviously I'm going to school to be, guess what, a doctor." <laughs> and you're like, "Wow, I'm so surprised." Yeah, it's kind of like it was in the cards before, but yeah, yeah that, that is so interesting. Huh. So, if, if I guess if you could do anything else, what what would you uh, aspire to be? So. I'm already doing that. Like my dream growing up was to be a mental health therapist and that is my day job. And my other dream is to be a musician. So that's my night job. (laughs) Do you find that there's a way you can bridge them? Can you like reach people like through song? I mean, obviously you can, like that's the whole purpose of a song is to reach people. That's a bad question, but like, (laughs) I I don't know how I explain it. Like I guess. So, I have a good example of this, actually. So for a while, I was a school counselor at a high school, which is probably my most favorite like, uh, role I've ever had. And for kids that had a hard time opening up or had really difficult things to talk about that they weren't ready for, we would talk about music. So I would ask them, is there a song that really relates to what you're going through or that might give me insight into what you're feeling? And then they would bring it and we talk about the song. So they might not be able to talk about what's hurting them, but they can talk about music. Wow. It's amazing. I feel very, very lucky that I have the life that I have. Yeah. That's incredible. I think like um I know there's been a few other musicians that like I've read their their background and like a lot of I think that's a pretty common for like psychology um students to kind of bridge into the arts eventually or just have that run parallel. I think it's quite common is to it makes perfect sense like um for any sort of creative person to have interest in psychology and especially to major in it and get a master's in it like that's makes it makes sense it's very it's very like intellectual study so that's it just makes great sense do you think um that um what am i gonna say so now that you're in um quarantine what like what plans you have once you get out of quarantine is there like a tour you're really wanting to go on right as soon as it's safe to travel or what's kind of like your long-term 2020 outlook Um, i had a dream of doing a tour this summer which has been dashed so i mentioned earlier i'm a bit of a perfectionist and i'm also a bit of an over planner Mm. but with this pandemic i can't plan and I'm trying to get comfortable with uncertainty. So I'm consciously not making a grand plan. I'm doing it one day at a time. I'm writing when I feel like writing. I'm planning on recording when I feel like recording. But I'm not going to pressure myself to create a big plan that may or may not happen. Yeah. Well, that's hard. Hard to plan anything. Yeah. yeah. It's really sad because I asked my question before Dane went on it. And then I lagged out the entire time. And then I came back and then Dane was talking. I was like, I missed the whole thing. And now it's 5.30. <laughs> so I'll have, to re- I'll have to rewatch it. Hopefully Dane captured it. <laughs> yeah, you were kind of like just looking around for a bit. I, I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah, I was lagging. It was just oh, like, okay. it's every single time that I, not every single time I ask a question, but like every time it's like a big question, I feel like it just lags me out. And I'm just like, this is so interesting. I can't hear anything. So really oh. enjoy listening later then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare skype oh whatever yeah you know, at least we can do this you know at least we have like 95 percent 
yeah. maybe 90. I was lagging mm-hmm. out quite a bit. But yeah, unfortunately, it is 530. Um, thank you. I Wait, before we go, can you plug everything? Like, where do you want people to go? Do you have a SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram? I have a website. It's anora, A-N-N-O-R-A dot C-A. So that'll link you up to everything. And then you can find me on all the other places that you find me. But Instagram is probably the one I'm supposed to do most frequently, which is also anora. Cool. Anora dot anora dot C-A. Cool. That's so cool. I'll check that out later. I can't wait. But yeah, thank you for coming on Demir BF. This has been great. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. That was Anora from Saskatchewan, uh, folk singer songwriter. She'll be back on hopefully hopefully once it's um safe to to do in studio stuff, you could come up to Calgary and uh, come to the MRU studios and do an in studio interview one of these days. Do a proper interview. Now, we'll we'll see. I'll take you on a hike after. <laughs> I'm so excited. An actual hike. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thank you so much once again for coming on. This has been DMURBF with your host. DM and the BF. Thank you. With our special <laughs> guest, Lenora. <laughs> Check her out, Lenora.ca. Once again, yeah. Thank you. Everybody enjoy your quarantine. This has been exciting. Right. <laughs> Bye. Oh oh my <laughs> Classic Dane. Love it. I hope you keep Thanks this so in the final edit. Yeah, we'll make it into it. Okay, perfect. Okay, <laughs> bye. Guys. Thank you. Bye, guys.